And welcome back into another edition of the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Anthony Stalter, and joined, as always, by John Paulson, the senior editor of 444.com. And John knows his stuff when it comes to fantasy football. He knows his stuff from, you know, some other things, too. NBA, college basketball. He knows he knows a lot of things, but he knows mostly about fantasy football. And he joins me right now. How you doing, John? I'm doing good, Anthony. How are you doing today? Good, it's Friday. really good. Beautiful Friday. I'm looking forward to training camps opening up pretty soon. I'm looking for the football season to come back in a full swing here. Uh, we're still a little bit off from some really juicy news, but we still got plenty to go to on this podcast. But before we do that, tell us about the music that brought us in. Yes, this is uh, a band by the name of Big Thief, and they're out of Brooklyn. And uh, I would say that it's... I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's not common that we have uh, bands with a female singer. Um, but this uh, this band has a female lead singer. Um, and the name of the song is Masterpiece. It's the second track off of their 2016 album that's called Masterpiece. So they thought so much of the song that they named the album after it, or vice versa, I guess. Uh, but if you want to hear it, uh, you can find it on Spotify or check out our playlist on Spotify, the Most Accurate Podcast, podcast playlist. If you can't find it via search, you can always go to the website, check out one of the podcast posts, and there's a link uh, to the podcast in each of those posts. So check it out. Your favorite female singer of all time? Are you a uh, oh, wow. Gwen Stefani fan or maybe a Tina Turner fan or a Janis Joplin fan? What do you? What's your taste, John? Wow, you need to give this. This is a tough question, but off the top of my head, let's go with uh, Aretha Franklin. Okay, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, I'm also partial to Stevie Nicks. Okay, she's fantastic. She's good, so, yeah. You know, some old school stuff. But all right, let's uh, before we start losing listeners here, let's dive into some news. Eric Decker signs a one-year contract with the Titans. That's worth $3.85 million. Jeremy Macklin got a two-year deal with the Ravens worth $11 million, but Decker signs kind of a prove-it deal in Tennessee. Apparently, that's where he wants to be. His wife is a country singer, so he wants up in Nashville. Kind of a perfect fit off the field. What do you think about his projection on the field? Well, yeah, this this news broke, I believe, Sunday that he signed. Uh, but we Last week on the podcast, we uh, kind of talked about the possibility of him signing there because that was his first visit uh, was with the Titans, and he ended up signing there. So good for him and good for the Titans. They really have not been shy in trying to put weapons around Marcus Mariota. They drafted Corey Davis uh, and uh, Taewon Taylor. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Taewon's name correctly. Let's go. Let's go on a, a sidebar with uh, how do you pronounce uh, Taewon? Is it Taewon or Taiwan? Um, I don't care. I don't care at this point. Um, <laughs> but they added those two uh, uh, receivers uh, in the draft, and then uh, obviously Decker in the in free agency. And this is a really Nice group of receivers now, along with Richard Matthews uh, and um, Delaney Walker uh, at, at the tight end position. DeMarco Murray could catch the ball out of the backfield. So Marcus Mariota has a ton of weapons around him. And, and really the, the signing, um, if you're looking at who it's good for and who it's bad for, it's best for Marcus Mariota. I moved him up from, I think, quarterback eight or nine to quarterback five uh, in my fantasy ranking. So he's... Somebody on Twitter said that was outlandish. And then they said, well, I thought it was outlandish. And then I looked at my rankings. I have my QB7. So it wasn't so outlandish, apparently. <laughs> uh, but Mariota is, um, you know, on a per game, but he has had some injury issues. Uh, but on a per game basis, he's a top eight or nine quarterback. And now you're adding 
Um, actually, on a per game basis, I think he w- would have scored at number six level last year, uh, if I remember correctly. But now he's got even more weapons around him. He can run. Uh, and I think all these signings and draft picks are an indication they want to focus on Mariota a little bit more and, and win games with him as opposed to the ground and pound uh, with uh, DeMarco Murray. So if you're looking for uh, projections, I have Decker at 60 catches, 61 catches for 840 yards, seven and a half touchdowns. He's really good in the red zone and in the slot. I have Richard Matthews uh, not being hit too badly, but uh, not as much upside as before. 59 catches, 819 yards, 6.2 touchdowns. Corey Davis uh, as the third receiver, and I don't know how long that will last, but 55.6 catches for 840 yards and 5.8 touchdowns. Tajay Sharp is really going to lose the most playing time, I think. I've got, only got him for about 10 catches right now. Uh, there's talk that he might actually get cut. Um and then Delani Walker, 58 catches, 800 yards. So I've actually got four of the receivers all in that 50 to 60 catch range, uh, 800 to, to 900, 800, 850 yards each. I really don't know um, who's going to lead this team in receiving. I'm not sure that there's a team out there that is less clear in terms of who will see the most targets or who will see the most receiving yardage. Um, so with Decker signing – uh, I think his stock goes down a little bit because uh, you would have thought that he would go to a place uh, where they needed help a little bit more than they do in Tennessee. Um, but then obviously Matthews takes a hit, Corey Davis takes a hit, and Delaney Walker takes a hit as well. I saw a report earlier this morning as we move on to some of the other news of the week that Matt Forte could be the offensive workhorse for the Jets. That came from NJ Advanced Media's Connor Hughes. Uh, it does, it, you know, the, the word toward the end of last season, John, in, in this earlier in the offseason when that Powell was going to be the lead workhorse. So do you believe that the report from Hughes is accurate that Matt Forte is going to be the offensive workhorse this season? You're not buying it. I'm not buying it. Uh, you, you look at how Powell finished the season. You look at the, the, how Forte played the entire, um, season last year. Forte averaged 3.7. Yards per carry, Bilal Paul averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Now, you may not like yards per carry as a stat, but that's a, I mean, there's not much argument that, that Matt Forte was better than Bilal Paul last year. Um, he's also younger. Uh, he also has ability in the, in the receiving game. So I think they're actually two fairly similar backs in terms of their skill sets, but, uh, Powell was significantly more productive, um, last year. So, I think he gets a chance to, to be the lead back with Forte uh, getting some snaps and, um, you know, more of a RB1, 1A type of a situation and more of a committee. Uh, but I, I would expect Powell to, to have the most touches in this backfield. Let's move on to a report from the Seattle Times, Bob Condotta, who predicts that Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls will take, quote, an equal share of the base down carries what do you make of Seattle's situation, John, with Eddie Lacy's meeting some of those weight mile markers that the Seahawks put in place when he signed the contract, but you still got Rawls, and then you also have C.J. Procise in there. This seems, I always call it that kind of the Russian roulette, and that would, that term would apply to the Seahawks' backfield. Yeah, you've, you've got uh, two guys. This is a dreaded committee where you've got two guys splitting – time on first and second down, and then you have a clear third down back and, and process. Uh, so you and it really have three running backs playing. And that may be great for 
Seattle, the team, but for fantasy owners, it's not good at all. Uh, I think Lacey is the best runner of the three when he's healthy. Um, he, he ran, actually ran really well last year before getting injured. He had 5.1 yards per carry, uh, 360 yards on 71 rushes in five games. Um, and, you know, he had a good year in 2014. And it was actually pretty decent uh, in 2015, although he struggled with some injuries. We still over four yards per carry. So he's actually never had a season under 4.1. Um, so if he's if his weight's good and uh, he's, you know, healthy, he's he could work into a larger role because I think he's just a better runner than than Rawls uh, at this point. But um, you know, if they're if they're planning to do more, you know, ground and pound, uh, they, they sounded like they were going to try to get back to more run uh, a stronger running game. Uh, I just I don't think they, they, the offensive line was capable of opening up the holes that they used to last year. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to be that much better this year either. So. Um, you've got three running backs splitting all the touches and it just doesn't make for a good fantasy uh, situation. I mean, I think if you're drafting one of the three, uh, ProSize in PPR formats probably has the safest uh, role. Um, I think Lacey probably has the most upside, but then you look at Rawls, he's the cheapest by far. If Lacey gets injured or, you know, just as kind of a disappointment, then all of a sudden Rawls might be the, the starter there in Seattle. Before we get into the crux of today's podcast, which is John's young receivers who could potentially break out, we have a subscription winner from last week, and it's my friend Charlie, and it's, that's the actual name of the contestant that's not my friend Charlie. Does that make sense, John? That makes sense. So it's, not, it's my friend Charlie. So it's not my friend it's that not I your, picked It's out. not your friend. It's not your exactly. friend. Charlie. I mean, it could be at some point, but what I'm saying is that's the, that's the name. Of, the, of our subscription winner. It's my friend Charlie. He wins the free pro subscription to 444.com. So whoever my friend Charlie is, <laughs> please please email support at 444.com. That's support at 444.com, and they'll set you up with a free subscription. We're going to start another contest this week, but this time it's for a free 444 T-shirt, which I absolutely love. I have a gray one and a red one. And, John, I saw a picture of you recently, and you were rocking a 444 t-shirt as well i have i think i have five of them um <laughs> i actually got a couple from josh that uh, were misprints and they it was a blue one with some red writing on it which i think was a misprint and a gray one with white uh writing on it so i've got some rare ones that are, have to be worth some money if you're a big four oh, sure. fan but they're very what i like about the t-shirts is that they're super comfortable it's that material that's kind of that thin uh, material it's super comfortable not heavy at all and it breathes breathes really well as well so yeah it's not one of those cotton t-shirts that that's gonna freaking shrink on you after two right. seconds you know you know what i'm talking about or like the sleeves or two these are perfect and i'm i'm honestly kind of pissed because you got five i don't have yeah. i only have two so i hope josh is listening right now and he's like i gotta se- i gotta send stalter more free t-shirts you think that's what he's gonna say when you when he hears uh, us probably yeah. not he'll probably be like how about you just do the damn podcast and check them out <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so same deal leave a review on itunes and we'll randomly pick a winner next week so you get a chance to win a, a free 444.com t-shirt and finally this is the last week we've been warning you when you thought a couple weeks ago you're like oh i still have time this is seven the days. last week so, seven days john to yep. get early bird pricing on your 444 subscription so get on it this is the this is the lowest price until the season starts and we you know maybe week four or week eight or whatever we start to reduce the subscription price so you're really not going to find a better price than right now 
Exactly. So, and you know you're gonna, you know you're going to get it anyways. So well, save some money. I don't want to assume that, but if you are planning to get it, now's the time to get it this week. I'm going to assume it. You're going to get it. So get on don't, it now. Don't be a procrastinator. Save yourself whatever exactly. five, ten, twenty bucks. The the DFS subscription is normally ninety nine, and it's only seventy nine right now. So that's a good deal. That's twenty bucks. That's like a, like a burger and a nice craft brew at yeah. the at the local and, uh, gastropub. And maybe a beer. See, that's how I I do my math, John. That's how I do my savings. Yeah, you do them like, in beers, right? Burgers yeah, if beers. I right, if I save something, I'm like, oh, that's that's an extra beer or two beers. So really, you're spending the money anyways, but you're spending it on beer and a subscription. I think it's huge. If you save, if you save ten dollars, yeah, it's a nice burger. It's like a nice, like a nice tasty burger. And if you save five dollars, that's a beer. That's kind of how go. we should do it. Yeah, yeah. That's John. Like that's. That's Paulson and Stalter math right there. Yeah. All right, uh, young young wide receivers who could potentially break out. So what we're talking about is second, third, and fourth-year wide receivers who could break out, i.e. have top 30 seasons. So that's kind of the quali- qualification. Second, third, fourth-year receivers, top 30 seasons this season, 2017. I know, John, that you're working on an article about this, so we won't talk about all of these players, but we'll discuss the top five. I want to I want to start off with Willie Sneed. 72 catches last year, 895 yards, four touchdowns, 104 targets. That's what he did a year ago. The key here is that Brandon Cooks is no longer in New Orleans. He's now a, 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 a Patriot, and Willie Sneed's going in the fifth round of MFL 10. So your thoughts on why Willie Sneed could be a breakout? Yeah, and before I answer, let me just say that I do have the guys that we're going to talk about today are fairly obvious breakout candidates, and we're we're, we're raised, we have the bar fairly low in terms of they haven't had a top thirty season. Like you, you might argue that Willie Sneed and the other guys we're going to talk about today have already broken out, but these guys have a chance to take it to another level, finish in the top twenty, um, or even better. Uh, and then I've got another in the article, I've got another, I just was counting. I've got another 11 players I'm going to talk about that are, you know, ranked lower than, than these guys. Chances of them breaking out are lower, but they still are looking at a, a, a possible increase in targets and snaps. So the good four or five guys we're going to talk about today, I'll, I'll preface it, the, the Sneed discussion by saying that all five of these guys did very well in Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, analysis that he does. So these guys are all good route runners, or they at least run several routes very well. And their teams tend to run those routes, have them run those routes very well. So they recognize that they run those routes well. So these are, these are five guys that are good route runners. Uh, Willie Sneed, um, you know, people argue the argument against Willie Sneed, the same argument against Michael Thomas, who also is a, did very well on Matt Harmon's uh, reception perception. Uh, the argument against it is that the, the Saints never have a guy with more than 140 targets, or they don't they don't target one receiver that much. Um, Sneed with 104 targets. Uh, you have Cooks with 117, I think, off the top of my head. Um, that's a lot of targets for Ted Ginn to uh, eat up. I mean, he he's more of a deep threat. So I don't think he's going to see. Uh, yeah, I think he had 90 something with, with Carolina last year and last two years, but Carolina doesn't have the receiving talent that, uh, that, uh, the Saints have. Uh, so I think Snead and Thomas see more than what we are, you know, maybe more than just the 10 targets we're thinking maybe that, that, that he gets, they get from, from Cooks. 
Maybe they each see 20. And now you have Snead, who finished just outside the top 30. He has a chance, if he just catches another touchdown or two, uh, to finish in the top 20, top 18 in PPR. So I think that's a good a good value there in uh, the fifth round. He's pretty safe in playing in that offense with Drew Brees. Let's talk about Jamison Crowder. Did I see a, a note earlier today that, that Gruden was hyping up Crowder? Yeah, Gruden is the is now the hype man for Jamison Crowder. He's <laughs> almost like the LeVar ball uh, for Jamison Crowder. For I like Jameson it. Crowder. Sorry, for, sorry for the LeVar ball talk. Nobody wants to hear about it. I, I totally understand, but I thought I had, had to make that, that joke. Top, it was topical, though. Uh, let me give you the numbers here, and then you can talk about Crowder. All right. So six, 67 catches on 99 targets last year for Crowder. 847 yards. He had seven touchdowns last year. Pretty good season for his role. The, just like we Willie Sneed with Brandon Cooks being out, you got Pierre Garçon and uh, Deshaun Jackson now now gone. So they they did sign Terrell Pryor, but you know he's going. James Crowder's going in the fifth round. So this seems like quite a, a value for a guy that's being hyped up by Levar Ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your head coach, your head coach is talking to you like you're his son, yeah. uh, and going to the Lakers. Then that's a pretty good sign. Uh, Crowder had 99 targets last year. Pierre Garçon had 114. Deshaun Jackson had 100. Uh, so you've, you've lost Jackson. So you've lost 100 there, 114 for Garçon. That's 214 targets just for those two guys. Um, and then you have Jordan Reed, who, uh, could, he played 12 games and saw 89 targets. So you figure if he's healthy, you know, he sees over 100. Um, but he also is a kind of a fragile guy. He doesn't always play. So if he misses eight games, all of a sudden you're, you know, there's more receptions and targets to go around. Uh, you have, uh, prior coming in. How many targets does he get? Probably 100 to 120. I think he saw 140 in Cleveland, but that was a different situation. Uh, you probably, probably expect, uh, prior to see, to take Jackson's role. So 100 targets or so. So then now you're wondering, what does Josh Dotson do? Um, is, is, is he capable of stepping into Garcon's role and seeing 114 targets? I don't think that's the case. So let's say Doxson gets 80 to 90. Um, you're talking about 30 or so targets that Crowder could see. And now he's up to 130, 100, maybe 120 targets. Um, if, if, if Reed gets what I think he'll get. Uh, so the workload is, is increasing for Crowder and he did, did play very well, just finished just outside the, uh, the top 30 in PPR. And, um, I think with Kirk Cousins, uh, invested in the season and, you know, prior being the downfield threat that Crowder sh- should rack up a ton of catches, uh, you know, over the middle, uh, and in two wide receiver sets for, uh, for the Redskins. Let's move on to a guy that a lot of people were, were excited about a year ago in Stefan Diggs. 84 catches, 112 targets. He had 903 yards. And three touchdowns, so the touchdowns were disappointing. And, and Minnesota's offense never really got going last year. Um, but the receiving core in Minnesota is relatively unchanged. You you would think that Laquan Treadwell, who they drafted in the first round last year, would have a bigger role. But you know there there's a lot to be uh, you know left to be desired with with him as well. So Stephon Diggs is going in the at kind of the fourth and fifth turn, and and you think he could have a breakout? More touchdowns this year for Diggs, John? Well, Diggs has to stay healthy. So I just was look, pulled up our fantasy points uh, for the year. He finished 30th, so we're breaking our own rule. Um, so I have to change that to top 29 finish uh, <laughs> to be eligible for this uh, for this article. But um, 
he got off to a really good start. Diggs did. He's 16 passes for 285 yards and touchdown, uh, 20 targets in the first two weeks. But what, what I noticed with Diggs, and I do all the injury report uh, reporting for 444, and I noticed that when he was on the injury report, at some point during the week, uh, he did not play particularly well that week. And then when he was fully healthy and not on the injury report, he, he played well. So he had four catches for 37 yards and .14 touchdowns uh, in the seven games where he was on the injury report. Uh, he never cracked the 60-yard mark and only had one touchdown. In the six games where he was not on the injury report, he averaged 9.3 catches for 107 yards and 0.33 touchdowns. So that's 11.5 targets per game. So a stark difference with him. Uh, something that if you do own digs and, you know, he's struggling with an injury, you might want to bench him in that particular week because he just has not played well through injury in his short career. That, now that could change. Um, it, you know, but when he's healthy, he really does well. He cracked 60 yard mark. In five of those six games, and gained 100 yards or more three times. So, if he's healthy, the entire season is not an injury report. You know, maybe he's dinged up here or there. Uh, he, he should finish in the top 20 if, if he continues to see this type of workload. All right, moving on. Martavis Bryant, 50 catches, 92 targets, 765 yards, and also had six touchdowns in 11 games in 2015. Roethlisberger said that Bryant, quote, looks like a stud as usual, and he must have secured ongoing local treatment because he was out of practice in June. So he's on track to play in 2017. He's also going in the fifth round. Martavis Bryant, go. Well, he's really good. I wrote an article that was was entitled, just a friendly reminder that Martavis Bryant is really good uh, <laughs> earlier in the, in the offseason. He's uh, I, he's an interesting player to look at in the rankings because when I project him, he ends up being very, very high in standard and not quite as high in PPR uh, formats because he's a high yards per catch type of a guy. Um, but he's a good draft pick regardless. He's going in the fifth round. I think you're, the risk with him is mainly, is there some sort of setback where he tests positive and all of a sudden has to miss four games or longer because he's, it's a second or third uh, you know, time getting, getting caught, but, uh, it sounds like he has kind of turned his life around is doing the right things and is serious about, uh, staying clean. Uh, so he should be able, uh, to play the full season this year. And if he does, he's going to end up being a nice value. I think in the fifth round, he's a top 10 talent. Um, and you know, I have him at 15 right now in standard. I think he's, uh, in the 20 to 25 range in PPR just due to the way that scoring works. Uh, but he's a, he's a solid pick in the fifth round as well. And then finally, Cameron Meredith completes your top five. He had 66 catches for the Bears last year, uh, 888 yards, four touchdowns in 14 games, and that was off of 97 targets. He's going in the eighth round. What do you like about Meredith? Well, what I like about Meredith is that we've seen him produce. Uh, he... His his season last year was interesting because from week five on, that's when he started playing starter snaps. He averaged five catches for 70 yards and .33 touchdowns. That's 14 uh, fancy points, PPR formats per game. That's what uh, Demarius Thomas averaged as the number 16 receiver in PPR. So that's – if Meredith just, Meredith just does what he did last year, um, he, he that's a top 16 finish for him. And then you look at – he had like a three-game three stretch where – 
from week seven, week 10, I think there was a buy in there where he only saw two targets per game. And I don't think that happens this year. I think that uh, they sort of realize that he's their number one receiver. Um, and he, he's getting uh, more consistent work in the offense. Kevin White's back. He's sort of, he's sort of the white, uh, oh, sorry, the, the wild card. Um, <laughs> uh, and you have Kendall Wright, who I think is the dark horse uh, to, to be a fantasy uh, factor there in, in, in Chicago, if white were to falter, but I think Meredith um, from a talent standpoint, route running standpoint, he's our safest bet there. And that's why his ADP is where it's at. I just took him in the seventh round and felt pretty good about it as my uh, fourth receiver. Uh, the Looking at him compared to the other guys on this list. I mean, you could only really argue that Diggs is dealing with the same type of a quarterback that, he, that uh, Meredith is. Um, Diggs has Bradford, who I would say is probably better than, than Mike Glennon, Trubisky right now. But, uh, I still, I think Glennon is still solid enough if he's starting that, uh, Meredith, uh, has a good year and, and is able to turn his targets into, into yards and catches and touchdowns. When's your article going to be available at 444.com, Jeff? I'm uh, hoping it'll be up uh, early next week. Uh, by the way, we're gonna, I'm going to be on vacation July 1st through the 11th, so we will have one more podcast next week. We'll take one week off, and then we'll be back the following week. So Excellent. All right, perfect. So look yeah. for that article early next week from John, and you'll, 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 listen to, or you'll read about the other candidates, the young wide receivers who could potentially break out the rest of the list. As John noted, that was his top five, a little bit of a preview. And then you'll get the rest on 444.com. Want to remind you again, look, this is the last week. We're talking about seven days, June 30th. It's coming up really quickly that you can get that early bird pricing at 444.com. Get that subscription. You know you're going to use John's rankings. You know you're going to want all the content that's provided at 444.com under that subscription. The the free stuff is great as well, but you know you get behind that paywall, and this is where you can win leagues. So go to 444.com, check out the subscription, get that early bird pricing, and uh, be happy for it. So John Paulson, you can follow him on Twitter at 444 underscore John. Follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. If you don't mind some of the Cardinal baseball talk, I'll I'll definitely do a lot of fantasy football stuff as well on Twitter. And uh, that's it for podcast number four. So appreciate you joining us. And as John noted, we'll do one more podcast next week, take a little break, and then we really rev it up for training camp. And before you know it, John, it's going to be preseason. Before you know it, we're somewhere in the midst of the grind. Absolutely. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast. <laughs>